This is Huckle. This is Stevie. <laughs> and this is Apologies this Now. It certainly is. So, sorry for the big break. We have got a special guest, Miss Lori Day. Can I say NP yet or no? Um, not yet. I haven't sat for my boards. So, NP academically, not professionally yet. On the way, right? On the way. On the way. So, for the people listening, uh, Lori and I have been working at Doctor's Hospital for four years, and I got to know her. Uh, on the floor, but she has since finished uh, NP school, but currently uh, just came back from Manhattan. Um, I'm sorry? I was in Brooklyn. Were you in Brooklyn? Okay, so Brooklyn. And I'm going to let her kind of describe her background, but basically we want to talk to you because you've been uh, in the middle of the battlefield. Ground zero. On two different fronts, basically. Look forward to this. So, Thank you for being here. No problem. So Thanks before we started, we started recording. You were saying you were in Iraq uh, with yes. your with your husband. Um, yes. No, I met my husband's current husband after. So tell me, tell me what's up. So background. We'll start. Um, I'm born and raised in the mountains of Utah. Okay. My parents were amazing, but I joined the army at 17 years old, and I spent time all over the place, um, Europe, and. I ended up deploying out of Fort Lewis to Iraq. I did 13 months in downtown Baghdad. Had some great experiences. Downtown Baghdad. Yeah. <laughs> the nightlife. <laughs> right. Like blast. Yeah. Blast is definitely worth. Blast the word. That's the way to describe it. So, <laughs> what's funny is Iraq is where I found my passion for nursing. Um, I was a pharmacy tech, and our nurse wasn't able to make it to the clinic when we were getting pinned under fire. So they knew my knowledge of medications and they pulled me out of the pharmacy in order to help administer meds. And my guide was a nurse practitioner. So she introduced me to my passion for nursing, being out from behind the counter, being with patients. And it took me a little while, but I went to nursing school and the army sent me. So, man, okay. I've already got questions about pre what we're going to talk about. So you went in and you enlisted. You were a pharmacy tech. That's what you were doing in the army in downtown Baghdad. 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 Yes, sir. Why, why downtown? Um, so my deployment, once I got my security clearance, they had a new thing where they wanted pharmacy techs farther forward than they had been before. So my mentor at the time, um, Master Sergeant Hitzman, now he's retired and he's one of our hunting buddies. Of course. Um, <laughs> he actually knew that we needed pharmacy techs farther forward because the medications needed better management and the skill set that we had, especially when we were under fire. So five of us went over and we got put all over the country of Baghdad. And I was in main Baghdad um, at Camp Victory, but our pharmacy oversaw Camp Liberty and um, Cobb Stryker. Forgive me, it's been 13 years. And so I had another pharmacy tech that was junior to me running his own pharmacy, but I was always there if he needed me. So, but when you say running pharmacy, you're not talking about the CVS in downtown Baghdad. You're talking about soldiers that need medications while they're in battle. So So we're not talking about pushing aspirin and that kind of thing. No, it was outpatient, but I had some inpatient like admixtures. So my inpatient experience from all my previous years in pharmacology, I basically did everything. We didn't have a pharmacist. But I'm, I'm confused. Are you confused? I'm confused because I'm, I'm seeing soldiers that are hurt. 
or whatever need some sort of issue pain everything were were you compounding and everything um i didn't have to compound much but when it came to we had one doctor i love him to death but he always wanted the weirdest mixtures of like d5 and a third normal so i would have to do the allegations (laughs) matrices and i would have to mix them up by just like at the time we didn't have cabicide wipes so we just wiped the counter down and i had to get the cereal dilutions and mix the solutions he wanted so yes, I was doing basically what you would order any IV from the pharmacy. I was it, and I had one medic that worked in the pharmacy with me that I had trained, and that was it. And that's interesting. This is an active combat area. This woman, yeah. this woman right here, knows what it feels like to be on the front well, line. Well, I, I, I mean, it's such an easy transition to go from that to what we're about to talk. about. I don't about. think there's anything easy about it. You know? <laughs> um, I don't know. So part of the backstory is my father was an army ranger in Vietnam. He didn't talk about it much. In fact, I was in the Army for almost nine years before we started talking about his time in Vietnam. And unfortunately, he passed away um, right before my deployment. So he never had to see me go forward. I'll never be grateful that he passed, but I'm grateful he didn't have to see that. Sure. So daddy was a ranger, but also a mountain man. So I was raised hunting, fishing. That's great. And we were more like my father than my mother. And we have a lot of her traits too, but there were three sisters no boys. And every one of us can out hunt, out fish, out shoot every male that we've ever encountered. That's great. Awesome. I was raised by a mountain man. Man, I'm trying to make my daughters like that. I need to become a mountain man. That's step one. I don't need my daughters any tougher than they are. <laughs> we have a shooting range at the farm if you want to bring them out. I would like to do that. Yeah. Yeah, I just, just had them out uh, at my in-laws. How far, uh, how far is out is it? About 34 miles. Because Sissy wants to start shooting. I just bought her a gun. My oh, husband man. teaches. Does he? Well, she, she needs to learn. He teaches rifle, um, pistols, and she, archery. She needs to. I mean, she's obviously shot a gun as well, but she's educated as well, but she needs to learn how to. Our oldest uh, kid, we had him at my in-laws about a month or month and a half ago, and she shot a pistol and then an AR for the first time. I completely thought you have an AR? Would... Do Maybe. you have one? I do. Okay. Um, Maybe. But, uh, but, uh, Is anyone going to hear this? I think at least three people are listening. <laughs> um, no, but she was really happy. Like, she did a good job, and she wanted to do it more. You know what I mean? And so I'm all about trying to get that's a good everybody idea. prepared for everything yeah. in general. Because that looks like where we could end no, up. No, we're fine. We're going to be good. You think? Yeah, yeah. We're gonna okay. Be yeah, yeah, we are. So, so right. One of the most beautiful smells in the world is spent carbon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I also like gasoline, though. Do you like gasoline? <sighs> My husband was a burns nurse in the army, and he still likes to start campfires with gasoline. Oh, that's great. Um, so, uh, bless him. I no, no, I love the smell of gasoline. Is that weird? Brandon, no. As Brandon long as you're not sniffing the barrel. <laughs> yeah, you'll smell gasoline on the. So tell us about tell us. So that's very interesting. That your background and, and see how that that transition easy that had to make it a better transition than sure. what most people would do. But tell us about how you found out about the gig there in, in Brooklyn. And okay. tell us kind of about that. I want to hear your story. All right. So I'm an agency nurse here in Augusta. Um, so the way I got to the hospital that I met Dr. Takor at is I opened their contract for per diem. It's kind of like part-time when you need it, but it's for agency. Only. I understand. So I offered to be their guinea pig and I loved it. I love working at that hospital. I loved it. So I'm not 
new to travel. I did a couple of travel contracts. I did one in um, Atlanta and I've done one at the Bernie ICU here in Augusta, which was the best contract ever. Um, so when all of the crisis hit, all of the agency nurses were furloughed. So we were out of a job. And so at that point we were okay. You know, taxes were coming in and they sent out that silly check and so things were okay. But my husband is in the DJ and entertainment business, so he didn't get a paycheck either. So we were without a paycheck for two months, um, roughly. I don't know the exact time. But I realized that paying the mortgage was important, keeping yeah. our bills up. You but think? my husband's a risk. He's had three heart attacks before he turned 40. Oh, Lord. And so we were really nervous about it. And what I knew about the virus at the time was from clinicals. Uh I had seen enough patients to meet my requirements for my board. So my preceptor, I used to do the hours portion, um, he assigned me to be his subject matter expert. I had Uh to study everything on the market for COVID and report to him. So it was my job to educate him as a provider. And so I researched everything I could get my little grubby hands on through the internet. And we decided at the time, I was like, "Mm, he's at risk. I really don't know how long this is going to go. This is kind of a creepy thing. I, at the first, decided I'm not going anywhere. I don't want it. I don't want it in the family. I don't want my husband near it. But as things progressed, the crisis mode went into effect, and I realized that there is a need. And the soldier in me and the nurse in me, I couldn't sit back and let everyone else do it. I respect that so much. Big time. Yeah. So. What I did is I put out on a Facebook forum, actually, for travel nursing. I was like, hey, I'm looking for a gig. I only want to go to New York. And the reason is, if I'm going to travel, I'm going where they need me the most. And at the time, Brooklyn had the highest concentration of patients. So I went with the agency that worked with my hours. So I didn't have to do the 21 days straight. I only did four days a week, which was still exhausting, but Mm -hmm. I needed that time. 12-hour shifts or how? 12-hour shifts. Uh And the hard part was I'm still in my final semester for nurse practitioner school. Well, Lori, wow. but beyond that, okay, so first of all, really, typically RNs three days a week. Is considered full-time. Yes. It's considered full-time. So you're doing four. Four. These are, that's 48 hours a week. Mm-hmm. Busting hopefully, your ass. Hopefully, because I've never known anybody leave right when they're shifting. Never. Of are, course. You fully, are you fully... Do you have all the stuff? Yes. So that was the fun part. So the agency I chose guaranteed PPE okay. um, and guaranteed the patient ratio. New every day. You have to repeat. You have to reuse. Or did you have to reuse? Well, I had my N95 for about three weeks at a time. <laughs> okay. um, but you I have to write your it. name on it? No, I, I never. So when I left, I got an apartment up there because it was just more economical and I needed a sanitizing function on the washer and dryer in the unit. So oh, that was so like the deciding factor. That's That's super smart and kind of sort of funny that that was your deciding factor. So I had a parking garage because parking in New York is... Terrible. Non-existent. Right. And expensive. Parking at the hospital is $35 a day. Shit. And I was told when I went up there that it was free for nurses. Mm. Bless them. Which which facility? Um, I was at Woodhull. New York City Health and Hospitals chain Woodhull. Yeah. Yeah. Um, They did the best they could with what they had. How far did you live from? Two and a half miles. That's not bad. And you walked or took the subway? I t- 
took my bicycle up there, but after one day of driving in New York City, You're even like, on lockdown. Uh, how about they, bike? Even bicycling's got to be a bitch. I never, let my bike never left my closet. Oh, really? <laughs> um, because they're pretty aggressive and I'm not an aggressive driver. Right. So I'm used to Augusta traffic. So I'm used to, you know, country traffic. Subway? No, my husband made me promise never to take the subway. So I drove. Really? I did. I used to live up there. It used to be kind of weird back then, but now different. it's even safer. I think it's different. It's different. No, it's, no, it's well, always... Anyway. Remember the violence against nurses. There was an Uber driver that had requested everybody in New York, in Brooklyn actually, to shoot nurses and doctors in the head. Because according to him, we were all effing crazy and we were the reason the virus was spread. So is his schizophrenia been managed yet or not? I'm not sure, but he was reported to Uber and Lyft because he worked for both of them. Is he still working for him? I don't know. He's an insane asshole. I honestly didn't have time. I gotta look into that. I think I've heard this. I have his pictures. I saved his pictures just in case because my first days up there, I didn't That's know. Scary. So I drove to the hospital, but then the parking was so expensive sure. that I actually did Uber my first week. What did the people that contracted you to go up there, they committed that you'd have free parking. So the you must have been like, what the hell? That. Okay. But they had free parking. So okay, what my fine. agency did, now in the beginning, they were amazing. I love them, and I would still speak very highly of them. Who, who are they? Who's the agency? Their name is Hamilton Staffing Solutions, okay. and they're a smaller agency. Are they for, where are they? They're located based out of Orlando. Okay. But they're owned by nurses, and I the see. nurses' daughters are the recruiters. I see. And they have that passion. So when I looked into all of these agencies, I checked out 10 different agencies, and... This is the one that had the compassion. Okay. So yes, you can be a number or whatever, but this one, um, my my recruiter's name was Brittany and she was amazing. I think we'll still be friends even after this. Uh-huh. So with Brittany, I just felt like she believed in us and she did. As soon as she, she's the one who found the Uber driver issue. As soon as she saw that, she actually prepaid my parking for the next day to make sure that I didn't take an Uber that to is- be safe. That's an awesome recruiter. She's amazing. That's um, what awesome recruiters that's do. That's awesome. The yeah. hospital wouldn't print our timesheets, and there were a couple of us at that hospital, and I was <coughs> their guinea pig. Again, I've done it before, so it was no big deal. So I was the first one boots on ground yeah. um, in New York City for the oh, really? agency. Yeah, for the whole city. So how understaffed were they that they needed an agency, and you were there first, so what did you see? So I wasn't the only agency. Crucial had a bunch of nurses. And so we kind of got thrown in where we're the smaller agency and they were the bigger ones, but their nurses were doing 21 days straight for 10 grand a week. Wow. That wasn't going to work for me with my school schedule. So that's why I went with Hamilton. But their nurses, that was hard work. I mean, that's what I was going to ask you about that. I mean, how rampant was it? I mean, it was bad. When I got there, it was two weeks into the crisis, and it was the worst thing I've ever seen in 22 years in medicine. So so real quick, so definitely bad, which, just to start at the beginning, which unit was it the, first of all, was the whole hospital a unit? Yes. Okay. So when I first, I don't know the whole census, honestly, Uh I only got to know the units I was in. Gotcha. And it was so, like, everybody, you know, hands, all hands on deck, even the OR, since it was shut down. They even sent their OR nurses to help us with like giving. So everybody's on your, everybody's on their heels. Everybody's there, and they didn't furlough their nurses, which I respect very much. Uh Um, So even the nurses, like the OR nurses, they were helping us pass meds. They were helping us with the simple things. Help me turn this patient because vents, chest tubes, 
50,000 lines. They're proning on proning. So you had plenty of events, though. prone very often. Nope. Plenty of, y'all had plenty of events. That was early. I thought Everybody that was, was on event. Oh, shit. So there were nine <laughs> ICUs in the hospital Jesus. when I first got there. Like, bless their hearts, even their psych ward got turned into an ICU. Oh, my Run by God. psych nurses. It's one way to keep all the psych patients quiet. <laughs> no, <laughs> I take some bit. psych patients. So you know I worked in psych when I first retired from the Army with the forensics unit, and I loved it. Absolutely loved it. A knee injury took me out, or else I'd still be working in psych. But so every single nurse they had was all hands on deck. Like their administrators would take our temperature in the mornings as we walk in. Everybody got their temps taken, um, and then you can go to work if you're not feverish, which I never was. Well, except for that dry cough and the fever, I'm good too. They didn't <laughs> care. They did not care about anything but the fever, which is weird because my core temperature runs between 95 and 96. So when I had a 98 temp, uh-huh. that was a Three to five, right. three to four degrees. But spike. you know, back then, it's weird to say back then because it was only a couple months ago. But back then, that's kind of what the standard was, right? That's right. the the yeah. interesting thing about this whole situation is that it's been literally changing day to day, week to week, month to month. You know, so and that that's seems the like hardest part. So my cousin is one of the hardest working men in medicine. He is the coroner for LA. Wow. <laughs> and I love him. What a dead job. <laughs> He's going to listen to this, so Eric, I love you. Shout out to Eric. So uh, one you, of the Eric. cool things is Eric and I could talk on a level that our family wouldn't quite understand. understand. Because yeah. on his side of the family, um, they're all Leos. They're law enforcement agencies. Okay. My Uncle Louie retired from the LAPD for 26 years. He started the Mounted Guard, which is the guys on horses. Um, back in wow. LA, okay, like in okay. the early yeah, 80s. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, and my cousin Jamie is on the SWAT team. So my heart breaks every time I see all this crap on TV because I know my family's in. I want to talk about way. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Eric is the coroner, and he loves his job. And he would do CSI before he became the coroner, and so he's amazing. So there are things that I could just talk to him about, like. We pulled an ET tube, an endotracheal tube, Mm -hmm. out of one of the guys after two days. He was 36 years old, and the tube was clogged. So when we pulled it out, because we could not penetrate it to get his airway back open, we had to exchange it. We saw that ET tube, and if you can imagine, rubber cement mixed with sewage. That is what this crap looks like in your lungs. So it looks like a dirty foley after like this two, two months. I would take a dirty foley, foley over in that. comparison to this. But this is a 36-year-old gentleman. 36-year-old gentleman. In so the days. youngest patient I physically saw pass away, 29. Oh, shit. But I guess there were smokers. There's got to be a pre-existing issue. He had comorbidities. He okay. did. Okay. Um, he what? had HIV. He had okay. um, all sorts of other issues yeah. as well that I didn't get to know in detail because he wasn't my direct patient. I just ran the codes with him. Uh-huh. Um, I unfortunately got to witness his last words and express that to the family. But his last words were, I see the light. Why don't I feel okay? Oh, my um, God. And then he just kept saying, I see the light. I see the light. So then he went into seizures and then he... Coded and they coded him probably eight or nine times. I, yeah, I'm guessing good. because he wasn't my assigned patient, yeah, yeah, yeah. but I personally was involved in compressions and intubation yeah. and all of that um, at least four times. You were no seeing, gracias. You, you, you were seeing non-COVID patients, I'm sure, but was that the minority? So like, we didn't start seeing non-COVID patients until a couple of weeks ago. Everybody was COVID. Everybody was COVID. Really? Every single patient. Now there was one lady, bless her. That's crazy. What do you? How many? Give me a number. What do you think? 
So when I first got there, the ICU that I was on was an old PACU that they converted over. So people were arm to arm distance and they, we didn't have enough beds. So they were in ER stretchers. That ain't no joke. Sorry. We're, we're having some, we're having, we're tasting so we, moonshine in the meantime. For, for the people listening, Lori came with a present, two presents, four presents actually, but two for Stevie and two for me. And we've been trying them. <laughs> and they are over and over again. They're great. One is a butterscotch, mm, southern butter pecan. Southern butter pecan moonshine. Moonshine. Okay. And the mm. other one is. What proof is that? Any ideas? Like a hundred? It's homemade. It's proof. It's real. That's that right there. That's, is, and it's great. That's proof. It's homemade. I'm getting better and better looking the whole time. <laughs> so this is Mario Brothers outlook. <laughs> <laughs> We're making a mustache joke. Yeah. Yeah, Dr. Takora has never had a mustache around me in the four years I've known him, and now he looks like Mario from Mario Brothers. So that's the that's the he's nicest, downright, he's that's downright the nice, dreamy is what he is. Nicest description I've had so far. I'm a Nintendo guru. Like the only video game I can play I at game. all is Mario Brothers. I love it. I suck at all other video games. At one, point, you ever beat it? Beat it, yeah. yeah all the Mario it. Brothers up to the Wii. Now, once they started yeah, changing up to all the fancy Brother, stuff. What, before, what's the, the, before Super Mario, the original. It's, Mario, it's just Mario Brothers, right? In high school, this is me and Stevie showing our age to you, okay? okay? We had got, so my go-to was go to school, after school, play sports, after sport, wear yourself out and then play video games and go home and go to right. sleep. And I say go home because I'd always be at a buddy of mine's of house. Of course. We got so bored beating Mario that we play with our feet. Because you remember, remember Nintendo the used to be just two yeah. buttons. Controllers. Right. That's Atari. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, young I person you. Did you? Um, so, you just young person case. you. We're so old. <laughs> she was like, that was an iPhone 9. I don't have an, I still have an iPhone 6. I believe you. Um, I refuse, because they're the size of a 1980s boombox yeah, nowadays. You're right. I don't you're want right, that. Right, uh-huh. So, yes, my sister was obsessed with Mario Brothers, and when I was growing up, I had to do everything my sister did. We would play blinded, never beat it blinded, but beat it with my feet. Did you That's ever go crazy. to, like, I remember the second board in World when you, War Yeah, I, when you go you up. You had to hit the turtle on the second to last stair, and you got our guys. Y'all remember that? Yes. Holy Toledo. I remember all of that. So when I see that like, part of my Stevie's step- brain's long been dead. Oh Bless shit! Him. I burnt that out a long time ago. <laughs> at a Pink Floyd concert. <laughs> oh, concert! Something else I don't do anymore. Wow. But I did when I was younger. Yeah, well, concerts aren't the thing today, are they? You know the. Uh, I want to get back on. Let's get, I want to get back to that. But, that was just but, so. That was just so heavy. But, what she's but saying. But concerts. Um, I'm found a new appreciation for YouTube concerts. It's interesting because I'm big on music. I know. As you know, you know, anyway, anyway. All right. So music can bring you back from where you need to be or where you were. Or take you where you want to be. Where you need to be. So it depends on on work. What you're in the mood for, like anything from Ella Fitzgerald to Marilyn Manson, it just depended on the day that I had. I love Marilyn Manson. Oh my gosh, you're my bestie. I love Marilyn Manson. I do. After some of these codes, I just needed to put my headphones on and listen to him and nobody else because the beeping would never friggin' stop. stop. The beautiful people. My favorite song ever. Isn't that great? (laughs) Well, so this goes on this goes on and up until two weeks ago now two weeks ago you started actually seeing people that are they're coming so, in grand total and the only reason so when i first got there 
I'm trying not to curse, but I can't say it any more plainly. Fuck it. You can it curse. was a shit show. Yeah. Uh-huh. So I'm going to describe to you my very first day. We curse in this when hospital. necessary. Yeah, we don't. I don't give a fuck. My favorite word <laughs> right there. Um, so the hard part is so I'm not a new nurse. I'm very seasoned. I'm a combat nurse. I'm a combat pharmacy tech, which is kind of funny. And anybody who knows that pharmacy is a pogue, they'll laugh. But uh-huh. I've been in a combat zone. I never left the wire. I was a fobbit. So I'm not trying to claim anything heavier. But I was raised by a ranger. My best friends were rangers. And I'm used to Tough. everything hitting the fan all at once. Lori, tell us what a cobbit and fobbit what is that <laughs> a fobbit so a forward operating base is what we had it's the perimeter that's secured where our main units are and then anyone who leaves the wire which is our perimeter they are not fobbits anyone who stays on the fob a forward operating base is a fobbit anyone who's in the medical field is always jokingly called a pogue don't ask me exactly what that means but it's a derogatory term and we even have junk food. Piece they of call garbage. It, piece of garbage. Well, not necessarily. I mean, we're I was trying. we're the support elements. But they even have a, a term for junk food. It's called pogey bait. So all the <laughs> crap that we have was so. In my career, most people would have called me a pogue, and then I went from enlisted to officer, which a medical officer, bless us, stepped it up. Yeah, but I spent. 16 years of my entire career as an enlisted NCO. So I will always bleed stripes and my soldiers will know what that means. And to this day, I still have a Fort Lewis phone number simply because I promised my soldiers who I always called my duckies that I would never change it in case they ever needed me for any reason. So 20 years now I've had the same phone number. She's awesome. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> She's so awesome. Good call, by the way. all of this Thank stuff you. that I've seen, I and agree. I've done a lot, and I've been through a lot, both in the civilian sector and in the military sector, and when I got to this unit, we went through the, you know, the basic orientation, let's go get your hospital badge, let's go over the or, um, simple policies, procedures, but it was so fast and furious, it was like eight hours. So the last four hours of the shift, they're like, hey, we're just going to send you to your units. You can observe for the last four hours. And then we got one day of orientation, which is great because I've never used their computer system before. So I was lost in the sauce. So they were still expecting you to keep up with Mm -hmm. all that. So that's where it's a fun part. So I go in. I'm the only nurse from this agency. Everybody else is from the other agencies. And so they all bust over from the hotels and they all had this great team connection. I almost felt like I was in cheerleader camp at first where I was the oddball out, but that's my whole life story because I'm the geek. Um, oddball geek, out is kind of what I do. You're, you're a tough geek. So that's how I felt at first. And honestly, the girl who the first day just did not give a damn about anything I had to say. She turned out to be one of the most amazing friends I could ever have. And hands down, she's one of the most amazing nurses in my entire career I've ever worked with. What's her name? Sarah Sider. She's actually a nurse practitioner who dropped down to a regular nurse position role so that she could come in and help the crisis. And there were times... Where's she from? I think she lives in California. Gotcha. Um, We're Facebook friends and we've talked a lot and she's guided me a lot on how I need to get my nurse practitioner, what books to read and stuff. So there was a time that Sarah and this other gal, Lindsay, I don't know where Lindsay is from, but she was amazing. And if I could find her on Facebook, I absolutely would. Um, We had a patient that had an unfortunate surgery and was bleeding out. The human body only has between four and six liters of blood. They 
knit something somehow. I don't know all of the details. All I know is they come in and they looked at me and they're like, hey, have you ever had a mass transfusion patient? And I was like, a long time ago, why? And she just rolls by. I was like, oh, oh shit, we're going now. Were you so, pushing units? Well, you know, we all bleeding you know, all bleeding eventually stops. It does <laughs> when the round and round stops. But this woman was only 21 and I was oh, going geez. to make sure. You were going to push it. Yeah. Yes. So these girls jumped in. We're running. I don't know the poor girl's name. I'm just know that she just rolls by. Here we go. Give up my other patient. Out of surgery or something? Just... Out of um, labor and delivery. Oh, shit. So um, I don't know any information on this girl other than her age and the fact that they have already lost seven liters so of L- blood. L and D active bleeding and COVID positive? No. She was my first non-COVID patient. Okay. All right. Okay. So, but they brought her to a COVID she just unit. She downhill. Yeah, so they brought yeah. her to a COVID unit because yeah. we were the only ICU at the time. Because at this point, all the other ICUs had So then you're worried about down. that. Yeah. So I'm like, why didn't they bring her in with a mask? Duh. That's my ER nurse thinking. Right. So then my IC nurse jumps in and I was like, she lost how many units? Right. Fuck. Right. So <laughs> she has this thing that looks like a Foley. I've never seen it before. They kept saying something like a bakery. So I have not Googled it, but there's some balloon that goes in to protect the uterus. Uh, uh, per, uh, yes. Yes. Yeah. So it's So of course she has a foley and she has this thing and it's full of blood. Okay. They're squeezing blood. We don't. Oh my gosh, the pumps are so archaic. I swear they're older than me. Yeah. I would right give just about anything. It's like eighteen. So. But. Yeah, I'll be forty this year. Thank wow. you. But you wear your age very well. Young Thank lady. you. I appreciate that. We're just um, old. So we're, just old. we're. They're like literally. We're. We don't have enough pressure bags. So we're squeezing with our hands two different lines of blood plus plasma. So I ended up giving her like 10 units of blood, 10 units, or not 10 units, I'm like six units of plasma, of course, seven liters of crystalloids. And all I can think of is this girl just gave birth. She's only 21 and holy shit, she doesn't even have COVID yet. Right. I was chewing anybody out who came in my room without gloves, gowns, like get out of here. Right. 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 Yeah. You don't have an N95 and you're only wearing yeah. a surgical mask. Yeah. I'm throwing surgeons. I don't even know how yeah. out of the yeah. room. Yeah. 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 Lindsay and Sarah were there with me and bless her. Lindsay's amazing. She's bringing me ice packs to put in my bra because we were sweating, sweating. so oh bad. My God. So Lindsay had ice packs in her scrub shirts and her scrub pockets and she's how shoving them in my bra. It took us 10 hours to stabilize this girl. Oh, Jesus. So, so Lori, uh, aside from it. the ice packs and your bra, awesome traits of a leader. Seriously. Keeping Good your stuff. cool. Yeah. Okay, so this is where yeah, awesome I'm stuff. not kissing ass, by the way. Mm-hmm. I've respected you, sir. And honestly, that's why I agreed to do this. I've respected you since the first time I ran a code with you. Okay. I, I knew if I ever had to call a code and Takor shows up, I'm like... Talk more in Preston. Yeah. You two show up. I'm like, okay, good. So you come into a code one day. Okay, I don't remember. And I'm like, okay, time, cool. Talk is here. Shit's gonna go fine. <laughs> I blink and turn around, and the other hospitalist is there, and I'm like, oh fuck. <laughs> that code ran for four hours. That was not awesome. It was the first time I've ever had to put ice in my bra. Um, but anytime I've ever needed anything between you and Dr. Preston. I knew that things were going to be okay. You know, what's so That's, funny is before you, before you and I started to be close, yeah. Sissy used to talk about what a fine doctor you are as well. So he's I'm amazing. A, yeah. Uh, yeah. My, my wife's yeah. an ER physician. I, so, so is she, she the one that they interviewed? Yeah, First. We, yes. Yeah. One of your podcasts. I've yeah. listened but to she, her. She, but that was, she also speaks so highly of you, as does Dr. Wangsness. So, I mean. I don't know are, him. 
Yeah, he's a car- probably the best cardiologist in this area. I paid him Funny. last. Did you paid him last. <laughs> the cardiologist actually pushed me into nurse practitioner school. That's great. Both of you are really kind. Thank you. No, I'm honest. The truth, the truth, the truth. Anyone yeah. who's ever met me, and you gents, you've never seen me outside of work, and you're just meeting me. Uh-huh. Anyone yeah. who's ever met me, I don't kiss ass. I like that. At all. Yeah. So Preston's supposed to be on here at some point. He needs to get off his ass because he's also supposed to give me a letter of recommendation that I needed for a project for school. Jonathan. Yeah. Listen. We love you, Dr. Preston. (laughs) (laughs) Get on it. (laughs) So, yeah. Letting him know. Yeah. Dr. Preston's amazing. I'm glad he does locum tenums after he left because, you know, his wife is most important.